I'm just going to share a thought with you uh, for a few moments, and I want to talk about coming back from your setback, coming back from your setback. Is there anyone here that's ready to come back? Anyone here that's ready to come back? Anyone ready to bounce back, to get back up again, and to move on with your life? You know, many of us have been hit uh, some have just been knocked down. Some have been knocked flat out in terms of uh, a bereavement, per, uh, perhaps um, illness in your body. Financially, you've been knocked down. Uh, you know, perhaps in your domestic situation, it's been it's just been really tough. I want to tell you that you are coming back and you're coming back bigger. You're coming back better. You're coming back taller. You're coming back stronger. Uh, you know, at the heart of our gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And this means that, you know, he was taken out uh, on one day, but he came back on the third day, and he came back bigger and better. And this is the heart of our hope. We will always come back from the setback. So if you're ready to go with me, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for every person under the hearing of this word, and we pray that this will be a time of revelation, of inspiration, of impartation, and transformation. Let your word become a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Let the entrance of your word bring light to our mind. Transform us and cleanse us and empower us by your word today. And this we have prayed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I want to read Proverbs 24 verses 15 to 16. It reads, Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Wow and wow. Here the Proverbs issues a warning to the wicked who lay in wait, um, you know, against the righteous, uh, who set traps and snares against God's people. Um, the Proverbs, the wisdom of God, issues a warning and says, listen, a just man, a righteous man, a good man, falls seven times and rises up again. This brings us to the basic fact of Christian life. Can I share with you the fact of Christian life? The fact of Christian life is that we fall down, but we get up. Somebody shout amen in the chat box. This is the fact of your life. This is the fact of my life. This is the nature of the Christian journey. Uh, you know, one songwriter said, nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. The truth is that we, like everyone else, experience good, bad, and ugly. We, like everyone else, experience disappointment and frustration. We, like everyone else, experience infirmity in the body, sometimes in the mind. We go through seasons of instability and uncertainty with our finances, with our careers, and with our family in our domestic situation. Sometimes it's, it's rocky, it's shaken. In some cases, it absolutely falls apart. We experience falls. We fall spiritually. We fall physically. We fall emotionally. 
we fall financially, we sometimes fall domestically, we are not immune from falls. That's not our advantage. That's not our difference. That's not our distinction. So for anyone who thinks that, you know what, if I become a Christian, I'll be immune from the circumstances of life. Well, I I don't want to burst your bubble today, but I have to burst your bubble today and say that is not what sets us apart. What sets us apart is that we get back up again. Somebody shout amen. We get back up again. And I just want us to examine this slide for just a moment. We fall down. Why? Sometimes we're just tired. We're just exhausted. And I feel like there's someone under the hearing of my voice today who knows exactly what I'm talking about. You're just tired and exhausted from from keeping on, keeping on, and pressing on, and holding on, and you're just tired and and susceptible to a fall. Sometimes um, we're hurting, and we are finding ways to medicate the pain, the emotional pain, the psychological pain that we're experiencing deep down on the inside, behind the smile, sometimes masking a lot of pain. And we fall down sometimes because we're injured and we're hurting. In some cases, we trip. And what I mean by trip, I mean we're running so fast that we're not paying enough attention to to the way before us. And we trip and we stumble and we fall. And in some cases, we are literally pushed by saboteurs who, you know, as the scripture reading said, they lay in wait uh, in an attempt to spoil the dwelling of the righteous, and we get pushed. So yes, we fall down, but here's the second fact, uh, second part of the fact, we get up. You know, as Donnie McClurkin in his great song said, we fall down, but we get up. And what lifts us up is the grace of God. All of a sudden, in the midst of our most difficult situations, we start to feel the desire to get up. And then we start to feel the energy, the power to get up. You know, the grace of God is the desire and the ability to do his will. The Bible says it is God who is working in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It means that it is God in you that gives you the desire and the ability to, to to do the things that please him. So sometimes when we're right down, we suddenly begin to feel the desire to get up and then the ability to get up. That is grace. And through faith, you know, you know, we we get reminded of the things we once knew. We get reminded of the things that we once believed, we once sang about, we once shouted about, and then faith gets activated. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Perhaps today, simply being on this, uh, in this hour of power, your faith is being reignited and you're beginning to feel like, you know what? I don't belong down here. It's my turn, time to come back from this setback. And then in some cases, we get up because we get help because people get around us and they support us and they encourage us and they counsel us and they coach us and they help us to get back up again. And sometimes we get back up just because of the reflection, uh, looking back over our lives, remembering the goodness of God and realizing that it's time to get back up. Well, you know, I was thinking, uh, meditating in this subject, 
and uh, you know, this week, and the Lord began to show me something profound in the scriptures. He began to show me that they all came back. <laughs> I want someone to write in the chat box, they all came back. They all came back, and they came back bigger and better and stronger and taller and smarter and wiser and faster. And when I talk about they, I'm referring to the heroes of our faith, you know, the our spiritual ancestors, the people that we look back on in the scriptures and regard them to be heroes of faith, people of faith, who did exploits by faith. Every single one of them came back. Uh, they came back from the setback. You know, Daniel came back. After a night in the lion's den, you know, he was he was convicted and sentenced to death uh, by lions, and the sentence of death was executed upon him. He was thrown into the lion's den. Now, you know, no one no no one thought they would ever see Daniel again. No one thought he would ever reemerge from that. And sometimes you get in a situation in life where people think you're done, you're finished, you're washed. It's never going to happen. We're never going to really see from you or hear from you. You'll never be that person of influence. You'll never have that place of power. You're never going to have that authority again. You're never going to have that that uh, that credibility again. You're never going to have you're never going to have the things that you once took for granted. And and yet Daniel came back. Somebody say Daniel came back came back. Number two, Jonah came back after being eaten by a sea creature in the middle of a fierce storm. Listen, when they threw Jonah overboard, that was enough, you know, to have concluded that his best days were behind him, that uh, he would never resurface. I mean, it was a fierce storm. It was a dark night. It was a treacherous night. No human being could survive in the storm, let alone the fact that they, while they were watching his body battered by the storm, they saw this huge sea creature. The New Testament will call it a whale. We think of it as a whale because that's the largest sea creature we can imagine today. But who knows what kind of a creature it was. This huge uh, sea creature, Jesus called it the belly of the fish. And this sea creature swallowed Jonah whole. Let me tell you something. It would be very easy to conclude that Jonah's best days were behind him and that we will never see him again. But Jonah came back. Somebody say Jonah came back. God can bring you back from an impossible situation. He can bring you back from the darkest depths. He can bring you back no matter the odds that are stacked against you and no matter the consensus that your best days are behind you. I'm here to tell somebody under the hearing of my voice that your best days are ahead of you. Moses came back from 40 years of exile as a fugitive and with a warrant out for his arrest. You know, when Moses left Egypt, he was never supposed to come back. He was sent into exile. He was a fugitive. If he were so much as seen in Egypt, he would be arrested and sentenced to death. This Moses, although he was never supposed to come back, he came back and he came back bigger and better and stronger and taller and smarter and wiser and faster. Just like Jonah came back to the best days of his life, the best days of his ministry, just like Daniel came back and was promoted way beyond uh, where he was before the lion's den. Woo, I feel a shout coming on. Lazarus came back. 
He came back from sickness, death, and burial. Lazarus came back. The three boys came back. I'm referring to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were the three Hebrew boys who were cast into a fiery furnace that had been heated seven times hotter. They were not meant to reemerge from the furnace. They were not meant to be seen again. Once you threw them into the fire, that was it. Goodbye. Your best days are behind you. There is nothing in your future. You have no future. And yet there was a fourth man in the fire. Look like the Son of God. Jesus was with them in the fire. You know, God never promises you that you won't go through the fire, but he does promise that he will be with you in the fire. And because he's with you in the fire, you will not be burned. The three boys came back. They came back bigger, better, stronger, taller, smarter, wiser, and faster. Woo, somebody help me preach. Noah came back. Noah came back after 40 days and nights in a deluge that destroyed the world. He came back back. It would have been so easy to conclude on the 14th day that this is it. We're finished. The world is over. There is, we're, we're done. It, we, we're probably not even going to survive. And yet he came back and began a whole new world. And finally, and ultimately, Jesus Christ came back. After being publicly executed on the cross and spending three days in a tomb, Jesus came back. And when he came back, he came back bigger. He came back better. He came back stronger. He came back taller, smarter, wiser, and faster. Jesus came back. And you know what? He made us a promise. He said, because I live, you shall live also. In other words, my victory is your victory. You know, as I defeat sin, I'll give you the power to defeat sin. As I defeat Satan, I'll give you the power to defeat Satan. As I defeat death and hell, I will give you the power to defeat death and hell. And because I have conquered the grave, you have conquered the grave. Because I have defeated death, you have defeated death. And he literally gave us eternal life and and literally uh, gave a blow to the fear of death. Uh, by his glorious resurrection. Jesus came back. And because he came back, you're coming back. Somebody shout, I'm coming back. Now, I don't care if you, if, if, if you lost a job, if your business went bust, if your marriage has, has, is going through a rocky time, if you're, 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 you know, suffering with symptoms, mild or extreme, of coronavirus, if, you're, if your operation had been delayed and it feels like you're not going to make it, um, you know, whatever the case, whatever the setback you experienced in this global pandemic, I want you to remember that they all came back. They all came back, but they didn't just come back. They didn't just survive. They thrived. They came back bigger and better. Can I tell you that your business will be bigger and better? Oh, glory to God. Can I tell you that your career, that, 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 that God has a plan for your career, and it's going to be bigger and better. Can I tell you that you're coming back bigger and better? And if I told you that, would you just look at these examples and shout amen in the chat box? 
Well, this is exciting because what I'm going to do now is give you some keys to coming back strong. Some keys to coming back strong. I'm not going to keep you forever, but I'm going to give you some keys to coming back strong. Here goes. Number one, don't get bitter, get better. Woo! Don't get bitter, get better. Let me tell you, it would be so easy for you to, to, to twist what's happening personalize it, become a victim, get angry about why you. But instead, I want to challenge you to realize that actually life is correcting, perfecting, and positioning you for a major step up. In other words, even the thing that has gone wrong is going to work together for your ultimate good. Even the thing that feels so painful and bad is ultimately correcting, perfecting, and positioning you for a major step up. You know, this was the case for some of these characters who came back. You know, um, for example, uh, Joseph in the, in the book of Genesis, you know, he went through so many dark places from which he wasn't supposed to come back. But through it all, he was learning. He was growing. God was perfecting him, correcting him, and positioning him for a major set, set up. I am convinced that your your setback is a setup for a breakthrough. Your setback is a setup for a breakthrough. So don't get bitter. Realize that had it not been for some of the hard knocks you experienced in life, you would not have made some of the advancements you've made. You wouldn't have made some of the decisions you've made. You wouldn't have met some of the people you've met. You wouldn't be where you are. You wouldn't have the prospects, the outlook that you now have. Because God allows things to happen, for the, not, not for our demise, but to accelerate our destinies. And so don't get bitter. Get better. Realize that God is up to something with you. Number two, don't go through it grow through it. Don't just go through it, grow through it. Realize that you are in the university of life and must come out with a degree in whatever it is God is teaching you. You see, you know, you're at school right now, so don't just go through what you're going through. Grow through it. Start to learn. Start to draw conclusions. Start to develop your theory, your personal philosophy, Start to develop your skills. Start to develop your knowledge. Start to close those gaps in your knowledge. Start to deal with those blind spots. Things we, you know, there are things we didn't know before this crisis, but there are things that we didn't know that we didn't know we didn't know them, and now we know that we don't know, and these are the blind spots. And actually, uh, you know, I've decided to learn. I've decided to read. I've decided to watch some good documentaries. I've decided to develop some skills uh, like what we're doing right now with this technology. I've decided to learn and to grow. Not just going to go through it. I'm going to grow through it. Number three, convert anger into ambition. Woo! Convert anger into ambition. This means become ambitious with who, what, and where you will be when you get out. So, of course, you know, 
I guess anger is like a natural response to injustice, to violation. We feel violated. We feel like something's happened that shouldn't have happened. We feel like someone should have protected us that didn't protect us. We feel like uh, there should have been help and there wasn't help. And that anger becomes like a natural response. But I want you to convert the anger into ambition and say, actually, you know what? This thing has made me so mad that I am going to come out of this and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be the difference. I am going to, you know, they say success is the sweetest revenge. So convert your anger into ambition and become ambitious about who you're going to be, what you're going to be and where you're going to be and on what level you're going to be living life when you come through this place. Because ambition is a very constructive and resourceful state, whereas anger can be very destructive and very unresourceful, and it doesn't inspire you to to do anything about where you are, or you know, or to do anything about tomorrow, unless you convert the anger into ambition. The anger by itself is not a sin, but it becomes destructive if, in fact, you don't convert it into ambition. Okay, finally, don't feel picked on, feel privileged. Don't feel picked on, feel privileged. The picked on scenario is a sort of why me? Why me? Okay, you know, they're, they're, you know sometimes we, we go through stuff and we think, you know what? I can think of worse people than me that should have gone through this. Uh, you know, the, you know, I can, I could, you know, sometimes we want to tell God, listen, if, if there's anyone that, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that deserves this, it's not me. It's maybe him. It's maybe her. But here's the question. Why not you? Why not you realize that God chose you to be the witness in this matter? God chose to give you the testimony, to give you the platform, to give you the experience so that you could become that beacon, that hope, that lifeline uh, to others. God chose you. And if he chose you, then that's his vote of confidence in you. You know, that's God's vote of confidence in you that actually you will survive and you will thrive. And and this, this position that you're in, it's not that you're being picked on, it's that you are privileged. And so these are ways of looking at it. Now, if you decide that you're not going to get bitter, you're going to get better by realizing that even this is working together for my good. If you decide that you're not just going to go through this, but you're going to grow through it. If you decide that you're going to convert your anger into ambition. And if you're going to and if you decide that actually I am privileged that God chose me to be his witness in this matter, then guess what? You're going to come back stronger. You're going to come back taller, bigger, better. You are going to have the last laugh. Woo. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. You are going to have the last laugh. Here's what Psalm 2 verse 1 to 4 says. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Sounds like a conspiracy to me. Sounds like aggression. Sounds like hostility. Sounds, sounds like um, antagonism. But here's God's response. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. 
<laughs> the Lord shall have them in derision. They'll be utterly confused and frustrated. In other words, here's God saying, look, I, I'm laughing at every conspiracy against my anointed. There is no uh, wisdom, counsel, might, or strength against God's anointed. There is, you know, who God has blessed, no man can curse. So that all the circumstances in the world could gather together against you to try to break you. God says, come up higher, sit in the heavens with me and laugh at every conspiracy against your destiny. Child of God, I want you to know that you will laugh. You will laugh. You will laugh. It might not feel like it today. Today you may be crying, but you will laugh. You will laugh at every, number one, conspiracy against your destiny. You will laugh at every plot against your purpose. You will laugh at every attack against your assignment. You will laugh at every system set against your success. You are going to have the last laugh. And I close with this. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. So here's the question. What was God aiming at when he released you into the world? What was he aiming at? What was, what's, what's the target, okay? Because your presence on planet Earth right now is not an accident or a coincidence. It's a divine appointment. It's a divine assignment. You were born in, and chosen to be part of this generation and chosen to be part of this transition from one era to another because that's what we're in, the transition of an era, the turning of a page in human history. And God chose you to be a part of that. So what was he aiming at? What was, what, was he, what was his plan for you? So listen to this. Whatever it is, you won't get there without struggle, strain, and setbacks. Yeah, because actually the setbacks are not only, uh, you know, are not only inevitable. They are essential. They're essential. It's essential that, you, that we experience struggle, strain, and setback. And I'll tell you why. Let's look at this bottom left. Elastic potential energy, a little bit of physics here, the kinetic energy of an arrow in flight, okay? So when the arrow is moving, when the arrow's been released from the bow, there, it's, it, it is, its energy is kinetic, it is in motion, this is, this is movement, this is energy in motion, but it starts with potential energy of a strain, the potential energy of a strain. In other words, in order to give that arrow velocity, in order to give it accuracy, in order to give it uh, sustainability, longevity, in order to make it a powerful shot, you have to first create the strain. And by loading it up with potential energy of the strain, uh, you are increasing its capacity to hit a target and to, 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 to deliver a result. And so the strain of this present time should fill your life with potential energy. I'm here to tell you that the strain of this present time is actually loading you up. 
Because at, 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 I don't know when. I don't know if it's going to happen today. I don't know if it's going to happen next week. I don't know if it's going to happen next month. I don't know if it's going to happen next year. But there's going to come a moment where God releases you like an arrow from the bow. And depending on the strain that you've been able to survive with a sweet spirit, praising God, practicing the principles that we share today, you are going to go so fast, so powerful, so straight, so accurate, with such speed and such force, you will knock out anything in your way. Any devil that dares to get in your way will be knocked out by the force of the kinetic energy that started with the potential energy of a strain. And if you look at anyone who has achieved outstanding success in their life and ask them to tell you the real story, the real story is not, you know, I read a book about success, I set goals, I practice these principles, I discipline myself, and now I'm successful. That's not the real story. Tell them, okay, that's what you tell the crowd. Now tell me the truth. And they'll tell you about the, the setbacks, the setbacks, the falls, the failure, the frustration, the anxiety, the difficulty, in some cases the tragedy, that loaded them up with potential energy so that when they were fired, there was a force behind them that was greater than the obstacles in front of them. You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired, informed, and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.